This is episode 146 on training our inner world to create a better outer world around us. You're tuned into Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Cam, former Division I swimmer, Forever Athlete founder, and your personal flow coach, helping you optimize your life one conversation at a time. I want you to call or text in at any point in time at 301-747-0718. Any questions, reviews you have, biggest takeaways, I want to hear from you. I want to talk today about how we actually train our inner world. What does that mean and how does that inner world really impact and create this world around us, our outer world? It really begins with this concept of interoception and that's our ability to really cultivate this inner sense of our body and it's the key to unlocking a better outer world around us aka our ability to really correctly tune into the station in order to better hear the music who remembers driving down the street in your car trying to find the right 90 99.5 <laughs> the right radio station my dc area folks will will know 99.5 93.7 all of those good things they sounded fantastic when you got just the right station right but if you tuned into 90 9.4 or 93.8, you had a lot of static in there, right? And that might be a really serious TBT for a lot of the listeners out there. If you're too young to really have listened to the radio, I, I feel sorry for you. Go check it out. It's a great experience. But if you're not tuned into the right radio station, point being, whether you listen to the radio or not, what happens is that messaging is blocked and you can't clearly hear what is you know, trying to be played over the airwaves. Same thing if you're too far from the actual radio signal. So what does that have to do with our interoception and our ability to function on a day-to-day basis? Well, if our interoception awareness isn't finely tuned so that we can actually hear the signals that our body and our mind are trying to tell us in this moment-to-moment basis, then we are missing the message completely and it's coming through with this static in our life, which is not really what we want when we're talking about optimal performance, right? Our interoceptive awareness is really our mind's ability to clearly hear the signaling that our body is trying to tell us on a daily basis. And the easiest way to really think about this is our ability to feel good. And when we feel good, it's this great measure that we're on the right track, right? We're tuned into the right station and we're moving towards where we want to go. So how do we more accurately tune into the right station? How do we feel good with more consistency? It's through training our interoception and our heart rate is the number one really measurable that we want to focus on metric-wise because it bridges the gap between our mind and our body connection. So our ability to really feel our heart rate in a moment-to-moment basis helps us determine hey, where do we go next? When our heart is really racing, odds are our outer world is pretty chaotic. Whereas on the flip side, when our heart rate is resting, our outer world probably a little bit more relaxed, or at least it should be, right? If we are dropped into environments where it's super chaotic, you threw me right outside the window here on Pacific Highway and cars are going every which way, my heart rate is probably going to spike because I'm in a little bit of a sense of danger. But how do I stay cool, calm, and collected even under moments like that? How do Navy SEALs stay cool and composed when they're raiding houses all over the world? 
it's through their heart rate and their ability to regulate their heart rate. And that's what we're really going to be looking at today is training our heart rate through this interoceptive um, kind of concept. And it allows us to not only better regulate what is going on in our physiology, but also better regulate our emotions and create the outer world that we are truly looking to seek around us, which I think is really, really pretty cool. Every athlete dreams of being that cool, calm, collected performer under pressure. And that really starts with our ability to feel what the heck our heart is doing in those moments. So if our heart is racing, our body is telling us, hey, you're probably experiencing some stress. We're heart. We're going to elevate your heart rate because it's a little chaotic around you and we need you to get into that fight or flight mode and get out of this thing. Well, whereas maybe that's not the best actual response that you need in that moment. Maybe you don't need to be super stressed. You need to be a little bit more even keeled in that moment and not let the emotions run the decision. That's what we're going to talk about today. So as an added bonus, interoceptive or introception really feeds deep environment of the task, which is a significant flow trigger. That's why runners are able to get into flow so easily and describe that experience as being one with the trail that they're on. Or growing up in the pool, it was really through interoception that I was able to fuel my flow in those long distance events that I was going and really excelling at because I was just getting at this nice rhythm. I could feel my heart rate beating, when it started to speed up, I knew, okay, I'm going to elongate my breath, really focus on releasing some bubbles out of my nose at a slower pace, keeping that heart rate even keeled. And this was blending my sense of self with the water. And as a result, I got more flow into that given moment. That's really what we mean when we talk about deep embodiment is becoming one with the activity that you are in. You might be thinking, well, Corey, I'm an accountant. How do I become one with crunching numbers on a day-to-day basis? And that one's going to be a little bit challenging, but it's through interoception that it at least becomes possible. So being able to have that awareness to really tune into your heart rate can allow you to adjust accordingly to what your body needs or doesn't need in that moment of time. That's the biggest takeaway so far, right? The best way to do this is really through training our cardiovascular system, as you might imagine, cultivating a deeper mind-body connection to really capitalize on interoception and use it in practical ways to implement the feedback we receive as a result of this heightened awareness around what's happening in our actual body. So a lot of us are familiar with cardio training, probably in really the two traditional senses. We have longer steady state cardio bouts and more popularized recently here is hit high intensity interval training where our heart rate is spiking up and down i also want to cover a third lesser known uh, type of way to train the not just the cardiovascular system but as well as our nervous system which goes hand in hand with our emotional intelligence and emotional regulation but let's first start off with steady state cardio for those not familiar this is you going on longer bouts of keeping your heart rate in a really window so if you're keeping your window between heart rate 140 and heart rate 150 beats per minute for an extended period of time you're experiencing some steady state cardio now I was very fortunate I became a wizard at keeping my heart rate in that 10 beats per minute window thanks to swimming because I got this repetitive practice where we would be doing 100 repeats and the whole goal was 10 100s on 130, heart rate 140, 150, and just keeping it there. 
not anything above, not anything below, just getting really familiar with what does heart rate 140 feel like? What does heart rate 150 feel like? What does heart rate 145 feel like? And through that, I was able to really tune in and know, okay, I need to, to crank things up a little bit here. I need to spike my heart rate and I'm going to accelerate my breathing. Or I need to slow down my heart and I need to elongate my breath, getting things back under control. We want to avoid what is known as redlining. And that's applicable not just to workouts and athletic performances, but to really the boardroom and relationships and having tough conversations with the people around us. If we're The better able we are to avoid emotional redlining, triggers that send our nervous system and our cardiovascular system through the roof and into the state of hyper panic, hyper arousal in that fight or flight uh, situation response. We want to avoid that, right? So avoiding redlining helps really comes through the introception, becoming aware of, okay, well, when my heart rate gets to 170, I become very, very close to redlining. And I can, not to say I can't hit heart rate 170, I definitely can, but I want to be mindful with how long I'm going to be at that heart rate because that's going to determine a lot of things. That's really where our endurance comes from. A lot of us can hit heart rate 170, 180, 190, whatever it may be. But we can only do it for short bouts of time. We can't do it for over extended periods of time. So getting familiar with where your upper limit is Identifying that red line, so to speak, allows us then to downregulate when we need to. So me doing the 100 repeats was a great example of the hundreds repeats, not 100 hundreds. That set sucked. 10 out of 10. Don't recommend for anyone listening in. 45 minutes or so is really kind of what we're looking at with steady state cardio. That's about the window where we don't really want to go really above 160 in that moment. And that's because anything above 160 for an extended period of time is going to cause just significant strain on our overall system. Not to say we can't do it from time to time. We definitely can. But when we're looking at steady state cardio, ideally 160 probably 130, somewhere in that window, and you could play around with different things, but that's a, a podcast for another day. With steady-state cardio, that's the more traditional sense. That is fantastic with actually training our overall resting heart rate. So the better, more steady-state cardio that we're doing with more consistency, what we see is a decrease in overall resting heart rate, which means we're, on a baseline, going to be more chill, more calm and collected, less irritable on a day-to-day basis because we're just like, all right, cool. Our baseline is here, so it's going to take a lot more to get us here. Whereas the people that have maybe the higher resting heart rates in the 60s, 70s, 80s, it's going to take a lot less for them to get towards that peak. We want to have a very large gap between our resting heart rate and our max heart rate. And steady state cardio is a fantastic method of training that allows us to achieve just that and it builds this deep embodiment into our system we are more able to tune into oh i can notice all these little things it's what i noticed when i was swimming and my hand cut through the water and i could see the bubbles and i can then hear the bubbles going by my face as i was cutting through the water and getting this long rhythmic stroke going in whereas on the flip side we have hit it was the other more traditional I guess it's 
a little bit more, it's a newer, right? It's more popularized, especially through the fitness industry the past few years here. What we see with HIT is we see this spike in our heart rate and we see it come back down and these rest intervals, spike it back up, spike it back down, going up and down. And this is great to really tune into our emotional regulation. What is going on when our heart rate goes up and we're working really hard? And then how do we get back to a closer to resting baseline as quickly as possible? It's what we want to look at there. Easier said than done. But if you've taken an F45 class or you've done sprint intervals, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You work for about 40, 45 seconds at a time, high intensity, heart rate is up above that 160 threshold, and then you have a little bit of window to rest. This is going to be great for fat loss, all this other stuff, but I'm more concerned about what does this do to our overall physiology And it's a fantastic, fantastic way to train our heart rate variability because our heart rate is getting used to changing with some consistency. It's just like if you have a car that's used to shifting gears really, really quickly versus one that kind of gets stuck in these other gears. We want to have a cardiovascular system and a nervous system that allows us to shift gears up when we need to with ease and consistency and speed and downshift gears when we need to as well. HIT training does just that. So implementing some sort of HIT into your day, not even day-to-day, your week-to-week training goes a long way. And it can be non-traditional HIT. You could go walk, run. You could do a HIT class. It doesn't matter. The point being, we want to have those changes in our heart rates throughout a really 20 to 30 minute period of time at the very, very least. Um, It's a great opportunity really to incorporate some training that is going to help increase your heart rate variability, primarily because that variability is actually happening to your heart rate during that session, that training session overall. So I want to talk about next really this little known or talked about way of training your cardiovascular system. And it's through focusing on the lower ends of your heart rate near resting levels. We think that training always has to be done at, you know, heart rate 120, 130 and higher, but really we can look at training the heart rate at its lower levels. How do we stay calm under pressure. Well, what if we intentionally train the heart rate at those lower ends? That's exactly how. I'm talking about breath work, meditation, mindfulness, and my personal favorite, ice baths. And it's really a shortcut to really training that introception rapidly because we can tune into it. If we have access to something like a Whoop, a fitness tracker, Apple Watch, something that measures our heart rate, what I want you to do is Put yourself intentionally in controlled stressful situations. That's why the ice bath is my favorite, right? It's a controlled stressful shock to the system. So when I first hop in, what I see is my heart rate spikes. And the goal for me is to limit how much it spikes. So I think the best that I've ever gotten in my training was spiking it to about 80, 85 beats per minute. And then within a minute, I was back down to resting heart rate levels around 40 BPN. And that was only accomplished through breath work and focusing in to, okay, my heart rate is beating pretty fast. I want to slow it down. I need to slow it down right now. And and that's how we're going to do it. There's the benefit there because I'm training my nervous system and my cardiovascular system to 
be exposed again to some stimulants, some stressors, and then respond in a way that I am in more control. When we are in a lower heart rate window, we are able to better choose from a right state frame of mind and our emotions aren't running the show, our ego isn't running the show, as we talked about last week, because we're in control. And we can see kind of things unfold around us and make better decisions. Whereas when our heart rate is super high, things are happening at such a fast pace, we're feeling kind of rushed. We're running around from place to place to place. That's not ideally what we want. So through mindfulness practices, through meditation, all of these things, what we can do is really tap into what is my heart rate doing? What's my breath doing? How do those two relate to one another? And how can that improve from a situation to situation experience? How does that tie into meditation? It might make sense to the ice bath. And I want to talk about meditation next. In meditation itself, we focus on that sensation of the breath filling the belly and then the breath exiting. We can really quiet down our environment to hear our heart rate, and we're able to fine-tune and tap into that. It's a fantastic way to really increase our introception awareness, which at this point you know can be directly tied to our ability to emotionally regulate from a moment-to-moment basis. So we looked at all the different ways that we can train our cardiovascular system and how Training our cardiovascular system really relates to training our nervous system and how that can be implemented in our day-to-day life. Why we want to do this is because when we are cool, calm, and collected, we're coming from the right state of mind, we are better able to create the world that is around us through the decisions and actions that we're making on a day-to-day basis, moment-to-moment basis. So this week, as you go into it, I challenge you to Maybe adapt one of these non-traditional cardio training methods that you've been overlooking possibly at this point in time or you know the benefits of, you just haven't stuck to it. I challenge you to adopt that practice, dive into it, and watch what that starts to do to your outer world as your resting heart rate decreases, your heart rate variability increases, and your ability to emotionally regulate your thoughts, your feelings, and what is going on in your brain shows up in your surrounding life. Remember, you're tuned in to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. You can text or call in at any time, 301-747-0718. I want to hear from you. I want to hear how you're implementing and training this introception this week. Remember, together we go far. I will see you all on Friday.